Bob you and a jerk. You know it's time to get this work. The real raw, gutter, uncut cocaine. No political corrections. Always sleep. Fuck being awoke. We discuss politics and jokes. We lick. There's levels to this shit. Before you were sucking on your mama's tits. Airy Spears don't give a fuck. We talk about race a lot. Racism. Sexism. Much love to my loyal bitch bag holders. Rollers, clip loaders. We got them in the folders. The whole world on our shoulders. Spears and Steinberg. Yeah! Run up and get touched up. Suicide. <laughs> and all of y'all know my style. In case you don't know, let me introduce him. As he was told, his his introduction goes by Tracy Morgan. Jay Moore's. Yeah. We got Jay Moore's. You legendary. <laughs> Jay Moore's my biological uncle. <laughs> I like when Tracy does like observational humor that's only observational to him. Right. He's on stage in like Aspen. Who else remembers finger fucking Portuguese girls on their handball court? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cripple pussy stay wet. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Maguire action. What else did you do? Island boy. I'm just an island boy. Yo, hit us up. We want to get to know you guys. <laughs> Comedian Jay Moore in the building. My man Jay and I go back to when we was both slim, trim, good-looking jawlines. Jerry Maguire. The whole thing. And Andy Steinberg. Yeah, I, I carry the equipment. Andy Stein, yeah. You know I, what I love about you, Jay? And it, Jay does this. Well, he just will break out. Into a line of black songs and sing some black shit. I knocked on his door and he sang something before he opened the Purple door. Purple rain. <laughs> I do that all day. Too. I do that kind of shit too, though. I was on a hike the other day and whopper, whopper, whopper fries. What's blacker than that? I never even heard of that one. It's Burger King. King yeah. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> whopper, whopper, whopper. Fries. Holy shit! <laughs> Singing for fucking burgers. So Jay is here in Denver, as are we. Uh, Jay is performing at Comedy Works. We are across the way over at the Improv. Same kind of deal. Uh, when we were in Baltimore, I'm in Magoobies, and Godfrey was at Baltimore Comedy Factory. So we got one of the comedy comrades. Same place, same time, just different clubs. And, you know, anytime I get to hook up with Jay, it's, nice it's, when you're it's, on the road, it's a ball of fun, man. It's rare that like you're on the road and... You can actually hang out with one of your buddies. Yeah. Because we're always in different cities. Yes. And we usually only see each other like at airports or something. <laughs> yeah. Same flight. Me and you saw each other same flight. Yeah. I uh, saw Earthquake on a flight. He lost weight. He looks good. I was like, I think that's Earthquake. Right. He's like, what's up, James? Oh, shit. All right. I'm like, okay, what's up, Earthquake? I felt like I was all fanboyed out. Right. Like, hi, Earthquake. Well, shit, man. Yeah, hi. I remember that's how, how me and you got reintroduced and, and then you slid me the number was like man come do my podcast and we day, did it it was a morning flight yes. we, went, we were going home no we were going two gigs oh we were oh yeah 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 because I think uh, yeah because my connection was you had to catch your connection I had to catch my connection you know in comedy my goal is just to not ever need a connecting flight like, my I, goal is to never get on a commercial plane mm. private 
in, out, get the fuck. If I could fly private the minute the gig is over, I'm home. Oh, yeah. Fuck this shit. I flew private last weekend. Yeah. To Jordan's birthday party. You went to Michael Jordan's birthday party? Yeah. That's right. We'll talk about that. <laughs> I thought we were talking about it right now. Oh, shit. Okay. I was, I was genie's plus one, you know? Dude, somebody wrote, we do, we do, when we do the podcast, we do a Wednesday episode where we talk about whatever. Then Thursday, we read emails, fan emails. And a dude wrote me in, my man, Pancho Z, and said, Joe, did you know that Jay Moore is marrying Jeannie Buss? Yeah. So get the fuck out of here. I told Andy that. And I was like, I don't know if it's true, but let me, and then I found out, yeah, man, how the fuck did you score that? <laughs> <laughs> the dude said in the email, yo, Jay Moore about to be like her Stedman. Man, let me tell you something it's good to hear that your fans are as funny as my fans like these motherfuckers my comments right i laugh so hard because i it's all like inside jokes like uh i was at a rangers game we'll get back to the stedman and the genie thing i was at a rangers game with john dimaggio he used to be in that Mm -hmm. comedy team red johnny and the round guy he's a voice actor yeah 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 he's future uh futurama bender the robot so he can like project and it was the Calgary Flames at the New York Rangers. And there was a lull in the action. And he stands up. He goes, come on, Flames. Skate harder. <laughs> Bro, the garden laughed. So, like, anytime I post something, I'll post, like, my dog walking into a paper bag. and like, bag harder. Uh-huh. Like, they'll just put stupid shit in the comments. So, my man saying, I'm going to be the Stedman. Yeah. Pon- and, and, and Poncho Z. And what I thought was funny was I go, listen, we don't really. Stedman is mysterious. We don't really know what he does. And because Oprah's this fucking conglomerate mogul at $2 billion, he's he holds her purse. He's the man purse holder. But I'm going, well, wait a minute now. Jay brings something to the table. Smokeback is a talented fucking comedian who's known and is famous and who, you know, comedically has some fucking talent. So he ain't just like some poor schlub carrying a purse. I used to have a joke, like, I don't know, third. I never really did it. I go, you know, Stedman just wrote a book. Uh, 12 steps to success. Step one, fuck Oprah. <laughs> They're probably all 12 steps. Step, step two, why are you still reading? Right. <laughs> yeah, we're getting married. Uh, we don't have a date yet. Yo, so I met her. I had a sports talk radio show. And she was a guest. And like, maybe I imagined it, but I, I felt some vibes on the phone. I'm like, because mm, I knew she was like gorgeous, you know. Right. But on the phone, like, we're giggling, you know, when you're just on the phone. It was like, she wasn't really that corporate. She was kind of, I just felt like she left the door cracked this much open. So this is even before Instagram. It's just Twitter. And I slid into her DMs. And I was like, you should, you know, you'd have a good time on my podcast. And she agreed. So I had just gotten divorced. I left my house. I was staying at the Beverly Hills Hotel. And she was on her way to do the podcast. And I'm looking around. I'm in this little-ass room. I'm like this is weird. Like, she's going to come. I'm going to sit on the, There's one chair and a bed. So I went back downstairs. I got this suite to make it nice. And then she goes, I'm here. I'm like, okay. Like a little kid. I'm right, like, I'll right. meet you at the elevator. New pussy feel like Christmas Eve, don't it? <laughs> <laughs> so I run to the elevator. And I remember when she got off the elevator, it was like, it was slow motion, dude. It was like, in a, really? Oh, it was like some Bo Derek. Take my breath away. Ding, ding, ding. Hey. Yeah. So y'all just hit it off from jump? Yeah, we stayed, like, after the podcast, we went and got dinner. Oh, you know what's funny is the night before, I had Lisa Ann, the porn star, on the podcast. And me and her went downstairs to dinner. Okay. She was Sarah Palin in all the pornos. I'm not. I fuck porno. I, was, I don't porn stars. I don't watch them. Oh, so, well, 
so she's like the Michael, like the Muhammad Ali of sucking dick of porn. Like right. if you Googled her name, you got like billions of. Right. And uh, so one night I go down with Lisa Ann, and the next night I go down with Jeannie to have dinner. And I'm thinking to myself, like, this made her D must think I'm running <laughs> the craziest game on earth. But it was just like a podcast, right, you know. Right. And me and Jeannie just we fell in love, you know, like we really fell in love. I mean, we've been together five how, years. How, how far removed was she from Phil? We were both like the comet was disintegrating for both of us and each thing. Really. Like if, when it's dead, but it, it's it's you know maybe we were both out of it. Cause I I, I, we, told, both, we, I we both respected that you got to sign the paper so people can't throw that shit at you. Right. I cause you know comedians, man. But when I heard that, my, and I used to make these jokes about Phil, I go, damn, Jay gonna have to follow fucking that nigga with them coat hanger shoulders. <laughs> I got him too. <laughs> got them broad shoulders and shit. But holy shit. I, <laughs> I, told, I told Jay Moore in the movie I did with Paul Rodriguez because he's in it too. I said, what I call you? Down syndrome? What is it? You go, take that thick neck white boy with you before I fuck the down syndrome out of him. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a shot of me and Paul and I just put my head behind Paul's back and went, <laughs> How? But I, 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 getting back to Jeannie, I just have to ask this question. How, how long did you guys date before you let people know about it or how? Oh, that's a good question. A couple of years, you know. So it, it had been, you were able to keep it quiet and be able to enjoy the relationship develop. Yeah. That's cool. We're, I mean, we're chill. Who said I love you first? I'm, it had to have been me because that's how I roll. <laughs> that's it. I'm just like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're just like, we're like little kids. That's great, man. Yeah. So now, okay. if you don't know, I, everybody that knows. <laughs> Uh, dude, I'm a Michael Jordan whore. Uh, Jay, if you ever can go to a function, please invite me, man. I want to meet this nigga so bad. With <laughs> a blonde wig on Aries. Just please, man. I'd be like, Mike, you remember? Because I'm like, how the fuck did you end up at Jordan's party and in the connection? Yeah, we flew, we flew there. I was her plus one, but oh. she has that tequila company with Mike, Sincoro Tequila. Oh. And uh, the owner of the Celtics and the owner of the Bucks, Wes, the owner of the Bucks, and Wick, the owner of the Celtics, and Mike and Jeannie, the four of them are partners in the tequila. So we're at the party, we're fucking dancing, like, you know, like, you, you wish you could dance, like, back in 1991. Right. Like, when it was just on. Right. <laughs> this is how we do it. Mixed with, like, set it off. Yeah. Set it off on the left now. <laughs> You're like, fuck, I'm feeling this. Right. We were dancing like that. And then Mike comes over to me and just grabs me. He's massive. He grabs me around the head. He's here. And he actually kisses me on this cheek and goes, you're part of the family now, motherfucker. And I was like. Did you, had you met him before that? No. See, and I was going to ask you because I've heard so many mixed stories. He's such an asshole. No, he's he's arrogant. He's a dick. No, he's great. God, I don't want to meet that motherfucker, <laughs> man. Now, now, now that you got to this part, I got to ask this question, though. Would you still consider inviting Aries to a party with Michael Jordan after he announced his dates for this weekend on your show at Comedy Works? Because you made a comment after he said that at Comedy Works. Oh, yeah. Aries is, he's royalty to me. That's my man. <laughs> That's your man. It was That's just my so, man. Hell or high water. But you call him out for, for still I'm announcing his balls. dates. He said, I, like, listen, I've done yeah. a lot of classless shit. That wasn't even Clip Gibson. <laughs> you know that show that uh, uh, um, fucking live at Gotham. Yeah, and I love the Mazzellis. They love me. They're good guys. Uh, you know, they had me host 
an episode. And at the end of the episode, I said something about, yeah, Gotham is shit. Fuck Caroline's. And then Chris was like, Harris, I love you, but you didn't have to say that. Yeah, you don't want to fuck with Caroline yeah. Harris. Well, it's closed now. You know, Caroline's is closed. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Yeah, closed down. Yeah. Dave Vitell was the last comic that... As it should be. Yeah. He's the best. I'm a huge David Tell fan. He always, and I always put, when we do the comedy list, Dave's always in my top five and he yeah. gives me. Oh, uh, Tell, you're sleeping on Tell, for real. Maybe it's just not your thing. It's, it's not. That's subjective. So let's do the, like, we'll take Pryor and Carlin out. We'll do guys that are like in the mix right now. Is right now, literally. Who's your Mount Rushmore? Of active. Or dead. Well, it's Carlin Pryor. You know, it's, that's why it's. We're Carlin gonna have this, Pryor. We're going to have the same five guys. Well, four. Rickles. Don Rickles. See, that's an odd one. That's a great one, though. Why Don Rickles? He's got an album of crowd work, and it's 29 minutes. I didn't even and know so that. So as you're listening to it, smoking weed, you have to imagine. There's, there's nothing. There's no joke construct. It's all. Look at this. And a Mountie in the front row. I never entertained a Mountie. Like, you have to imagine the guy's wearing a bright red shirt. Right. And he goes, and the black guys in the back going, I ain't black, I'm Hawaiian, and this is surfboard ain't running right. Like, you got to imagine right. each person in the audience, like, oh, stop mm. laughing, you dumb broad. Mm. You got to picture each scenario, and then you apply your own magic to the situation. So, Carlin Pryor, Rickles. Who's the fourth spot? I got Chappelle. Over Eddie Murphy? Didn't age well. Mm. What do you mean by that? He's doing like the gay police and yelling, you know. Oh, well, I mean, that still to me, the Coke is the Coke. But it's only two albums. Eddie's, I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever done, I've done five with hip hop all the time, but I've never done five with like comics. Yeah. So active, I'd go Chappelle Rock. I love Rock. I love Attell. I love Louis C.K., dude. The motherfucker's hilarious. Um, um, and said, I love said. And Cedric. Oh, God damn it. Uh, I can't stop. Like, he just, I'm just about laughing. <laughs> just his fucking, what he's doing, like the guy outside the liquor store smoking and doing right, all the fucking right. moves. Parking yeah. the space shuttle. I'm, I'm Chappelle, Patrice. Oh, yeah, Patrice, for sure. Okay, that's Burr, easy, Patrice. Uh, Burr. And then I, you know, Tommy Davidson. Oh, yeah? Tommy's such a powerhouse. Yeah. He treats every performance like it's his first. Just a ball of just, nervous energy that's a stick of dynamite once he gets on stage. Jezelnik's in that mix too, man. That motherfucker. Not my cup of tea, brother. And that to me falls along the lines of what's my man that passed away that did that style of comedy? Those Mitch guys, Hedberg? Yeah, Mitch yeah. Hedberg, uh, Dietrich, Dimitri Martin, Dimitri Martin, yeah. uh, Charles Cozart once upon a time. He was the only black dude that I ever saw do that. A tell for sure. But Patrice... I, Patrice will pop up on my Instagram and, I, and then I just watch, spend the next hour just right. pulling up Patrice clips like, well, yeah. we hurt somebody in football in high school. We, we didn't hold hands. We did like a... He's paralyzed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but lady, that's what you get. Get to send him out here with these killers. Out of all those people, though, is there anybody more needed right now in comedy than Patrice? No. Me. Aries. Aries fucking spears. Aries. But Patrice, I don't you... As great as Chappelle is, don't you think Patrice's voice would lend something to the, what, what's happening I, I right think, now? I think if Patrice was here, it would be Jordan and Kobe. Yeah. That's okay. Patrice and Dave, Jordan and Kobe. Um, is there one you like you would put over the other, Patrice and Dave? I can't. Mm. 
they're so different because Chappelle is like, if Dick Gregory was funny. <laughs> Dick Gregory was funny sure. in the beginning. Sure. In the beginning. Sure. 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 But sure, but not like funny the way we're like, yeah, he didn't I know, no. fucking kill the way right. you killed last night or the way I fucking killed last right. night. And am I comparing myself to Dick Gregory? No. I ain't doing no goddamn hunger. <laughs> I like bacon and I'm fucking with pork. Hey, listen, man. Um, when it comes to styles and beyond just the styles, but the camaraderie and the friendship and the vibe, I, this is, I'm loving this moment. Like when we have Vince Morris on, Vince, awesome. I love Vince. But there's an explosive rawness to Godfrey, to, to Jay, like Godfrey. to myself. What this is the kind of it's styles. It's style. When you went on the other night, and I loved how you just grabbed the bull by the horns, and you went right after it when you said, "Look, you guys don't look the same either." Yeah, I'm aware. And you just addressed it, and it got a huge laugh. And I'm I'm like to be able to put yourself front and center on Front Street and just be honest about it. Yeah, you're looking at it's, me like there's balls, man. You're looking at me like I'm the dad from The Incredibles. Yeah. <laughs> like, I get it. I go, you guys probably got limp dicks and saggy titties tonight. I got both. Relax. Oh, I love it. That's balls, man. You know, that helped me lose weight. I'm down 20 pounds, believe it or not. I was a fat, real fat fuck. But the la the the size of the laugh that would get right. really kind of shook me up like, easy. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like, they lost their fucking minds because I would come out. It was all belly, too, and neck. Wow. Like, when I did the movie. It yeah. was huge. Right. They were over-confirming. And I was like, yeah, easy. <laughs> but, yeah, so the thing with Chappelle, going back to that, is he's so socially important. Like, his stuff with the trans and, like, framing it in a way where any response they had, he, 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 he set it up in a way like, and their response is going to be this. Right. And, yeah, and, and it, punch, counterpunch. It happened exactly the way he right. said. And then he said, I'll, I'll talk to you, but I won't be summoned. And I was like, damn. And like when he's talking about Trump, like his socially conscious shit. Right. Whereas Patrice was more. Just was, a loose gorilla. <laughs> yeah. Just a loose silverback <laughs> ape. Nigga. He, was, he was more socially conscious locally. And Chappelle is more socially conscious globally, I think. But I think like that's Patrice part is like, of, you're with her. Don't you know that she thinks you're like a. Right. You know, like, all right. Okay. Right. But Patrice's style, though, was always fascinating to me because he would he would uh, do crowd work and he would keep going until he got an answer that sparked a bit he had already written. So it all looks organic, like he's making it up on the spot. Like, like on some Jay-Z shit, he don't like write you, nothing down. Like, you a football player? Like, you look, right. and then he would go into the football bit. But at this table, the guy goes, no. And he goes, all right, chill, shit. Right. And then he'd hit a football guy or like a relationship thing, like, yeah, and like the shit he said, like, if your woman left you, what would you miss about her? Right. That fucked my head up. Right. Because I was in the middle of like a marriage. But when that he said that on Opie and Anthony, I kind of had to lean with Opie and Anthony a little bit. Like, some of that felt like Patrice is being extra because you're not going to miss nothing. If you love her, if you genuinely love her. Well, I feel that way now. Like, it, like I, I don't You're not going to be hurt? Well, that was the thing. It was all ego. And he tapped into like some 12 step shit. Like that's all your ego and your pride. Like this is mine. And I don't want to lose this because then I don't have an identity because I didn't get the fine bitch as he put it, you know? Right. Told me to cut you off, man, but we have to take a break. It's nothing personal. It's just business. 
For the smoothest and coldest cannabis smoking experience, you need a glass piece from Freeze Pipe. Freeze Pipe makes a unique line of freezable pipes, bubblers, bongs, and more of that cool smoke by over 300 degrees. If you're tired of hard smoke, throat burning, and coughing attacks <coughs> that feel like an STD, it's time to fight fire with ice and try the smoothest pipes and bongs ever made. The secret is freezable glycerin chambers that come on every piece. Pop one of these chambers in the freeze for one hour and as smoke passes through, it's instantly chilled for a dramatically smooth and icy experience. Picture large clouds with zero chest burn and throat burn. Finally, no more coughing attacks, no more water chugging after every rip. Just an elegant smoking experience that'll change how you light up. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you're talking about that in the coffin and the whole experience because back in the day when I used to use my regular bong, I had one of them uh, four feet pieces. Mm-hmm. You know, I would put ice cubes in them. I don't know that it made a difference. Felt like it did a little bit, but not 300 degrees difference. Yeah, so, I, I've never done it, so I might try it and see if it's uh, everything they say it is, which I'm sure it will be. You never done a, a rip out of a bong? Never. Oh, man, you got it. It, just, it, it forces it all down quickly because you pull, when you and just it's in right. it, it's it's it, it, it gets you yeah white guys y'all know how to do drugs we know how to sell them <laughs> uh start smoking like royalty without paying a king's ransom shop now and enjoy free shipping at freezepipe.com and use code pka for 10 percent off your entire order that's freezepipe.com and code pka for 10 percent off Order today and say goodbye to harsh smoke forever. <laughs> but like now, I see what you're saying because now but you know what I'm saying. Like I, I do because like, like, like Patrice, and this is where all the dudes would take their hat off them. Like he's a philosopher, a, a prophecy, a, a, a poet. He says this shit that makes you think about, rethink how you thought things. But I'm also going. Listen, I get the ego, pride, all that, mind. But there is love. If there is genuine love for your girl, oh yeah, gonna miss her. But he happened to be talking to a bunch of guys in a room that didn't have genuine love for the girl anymore. They were right. like, it was the wings were falling off the airplane. Like yeah. if Jeannie left me, I could, I could write list of shit I would miss. Right. Like, God damn, I missed that. Them tickets, nigga. <laughs> 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 Fucking floor seats, goddamn it, the box. Second row, come on. Um, and and you know, again. Your, your your style is very, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. So, and I've always been, fuck it. So you don't ever worry about, oh, I shouldn't say this, or cancer culture, wokeness. Because well, you don't seem like you hold back. There's a lot of bits I don't do anymore, kid. Really? Oh, yeah. Because it's not worth, I, I don't want the barter system live. It's a service industry. I'm there to kick their fucking teeth in. And I don't. I don't want it. Like uh, I. I hate. Uh, I hate moaning. But it's. But you can't. But why worry about something you can't control? You're gonna always get that. I can control. There's gonna that. always be somebody in the crowd that does that. Because the bit's not that important to me too. Like Buddy Hackett said one. I had a. I had a joke where I said cunt, and he goes, "You know, I noticed that joke you do where you say cunt." <laughs> well, he goes, "What is that word worth to you?" And I was like. What? And he goes, I go like money-wise? He goes, nah, maybe. But what is it worth to you? And then I was like, I still didn't get it. He goes, because people can't laugh when they're breathing in. You say cunt and half the room goes, 
and they're not laughing. So you, if it's really important to you, then you keep it in the end because you don't mind that half the crowd is breathing in. And I was like, oh, he's right. But now I say cunty. If you put a little gruff on that, you become Mick from Rocky. Oh, uh, <laughs> Hey, yo, you know, Mick is worth a lot, you know? I You're going to lose. I, I got to lose to win sometimes, you know? You sound like a fucking homo. <laughs> Do, because you're doing that. You said that, um, uh, fuck, I just fucked up because of my stupid brain. What, um, Scarface, uh, Al Pacino. Al Pacino. You said Al Pacino was the same voice as someone else. That, Tracy Morgan. All my impressions have parts. Real quick, give me that homo line again. Because you're a fucking homo. I actually own three of them, Mick. <laughs> <laughs> Got one in Philly, one in LA, and one in New York, you know? Oh right. my, yeah. So oh, here's Pacino and Tracy, right? I think, because I, this just blows me away. Here's Tracy. Yeah. Here's Pacino. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's a little yeah. lighter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, you killed me when you performed because I knew, of course, here we go. We know walking. We know, uh, you know, uh, fucking Harvey Keitel, which fucks me up because that's just, and I got to show you my. I told you I did it in the green room, but I'll show you it again. But fucking Norm MacDonald and Joe yeah. Pesci. Well, Norm MacDonald, you know, that's a good one. Because, uh, you know, the key to that impression for me is just touching my lip here. Because he used to smoke, you know? And, uh, he used to you know? He used that- to smoke. So when he quit smoking, uh, he would still go like this on his lips. And then when he'd think, he'd go, oh, I don't know, I'm an old chunk of coal, Eric. You know? Uh, but I've been around the block, you see? And I know more than Billy Joe Shavers. Uh, so the touch puts me, it like centers I, it I was me. telling Andy when I, when we rode to go do press at the local news station, when we're talking about your, your performance, I was like, the thing that kills it, because there are guys who do good impressions, but they lack with the material within the impression. And then there are guys who might do a great joke, but the impression's okay. When you marry the impression with the joke, the substance, the material, Perfection, which is what I learned from Eddie watching Raw and Delirious. We're going to win this race. We're going to win this race. Excuse me. (laughs) Um, Dude, the way you married the material with Norm, talking about killing the woman in the woods, that shit was fucking brilliant. Yeah, then I cut her head off, you know. And then you said something about the, the rats. Coming yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I gave her wine, but I put rat poison in the wine. But, you know, I've only used rat poison for rats. <laughs> this is, there's no more Norm MacDonald line than that right there. Though. I feel it on stage. I'm like, God, I, I'll be honest with you. When I, that bit in particular, when I'm doing like, so I got to figure out how many rats equal a patty. I figure patties are 44 rats. As I'm saying it every single time, I'm like, God damn, this is good. Yeah, it, it, it is but I, but I I was lucky enough to like like Norm is the only impression I do on my act that's not I never had like the like I'm not well actually the Pesci's new it's an old impression that I brought back because it fit right. that thing about my doctor talking to me and that was funny as fuck thank you but like the Pacino story you didn't see that that I tell and like the Clint Eastwood story the Farley story the walking story it's all shit that actually happened like when we had a weird conversation. That was just fucking bizarre. I was at Pacino's house with my son. They went to the same preschool. I love how casual that was. Yeah, I was at Pacino's house. Let me pick this up. 
<laughs> this is way before Michael Jordan's birthday party. Ours. With Jeannie Buss on the G4, which is how we got into this mess, talking about flying, not flying commercial anymore. Anyway, gang. Uh, and so our kids went to the same preschool and he's like, and then we did a movie together and he goes, why don't you come over with the kids? I got this big house in Beverly Hills. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing over there. I'm from New York. They wrote books about us. So I'm at his house and the kids are playing and I go inside to get a bottle of water and all of a sudden everybody starts like running around like commotion, dude. Like grabbing keys and shit and grabbing coats and running out. People are running. I go, what's going on? And uh, somebody goes, Al took the kids to get ice cream. I go, so what? They go, Al's never driven. <laughs> so like Al Pacino's never driven a car a day in his life. And that day he goes, all right, fuck it. Who wants ice cream? How hard could it be to drive a car? What are all these pedals? What am I playing the fucking organ? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So that actually happened. Right. Yeah. I, I you know, well, the impressions I do the least. The, I don't really do the impressions. And, and you know, people come to my shows and they go, yo, man, you didn't do one impression and murdered that motherfucker. And it's not that it's on purpose. I just felt like between my two specials, I did everybody. So unless I got somebody new to do or it really feels organic, I don't want to force it. But also sometimes get upset when people go, man, that's what you're known for. No, that's not like I, I, that's part of it. But I don't want I don't want to just dunk. I want to show you I can do other shit. You know what I mean? I take pride in that. You're like crowd Mo, work. And, you're, you're like Mo Bamba taking threes. I want to show yeah, off my skill set. Yeah. <laughs> get under the basket, fool. That's how I feel about the Tony Soprano when I'm doing it. You know, I, the, the same way you were saying Norm. Yeah. Yeah. Because and, and again, I, all the, I've never seen a black dude. Yeah, a yeah. white dude like that. I love it. So you know when they hear that coming out of fuck about, it's fucking crazy. It's, All the guys in New Jersey. It's, it's that extra It's breath. the ish. Yeah. It's like when he, fuck a Janish. Fuck another good Uncle Judah Johnny Shack. Daryl Hammond. You gotta put an ish on it. Dar <laughs> it's so good. Daryl Hammond tells a story. Where he, he was drinking with Tony Soprano and right. when he wasn't sober and he was just, Daryl wasn't and he was just fucking pounding martinis. And he ordered like a six martini. And uh, James Gandolfini goes, Gigi fucking Christ. Gigi. Gigi fucking Christ. Gigi fucking Christ. That's the whole impression. Gigi fucking Christ. I was going to tell you, you know, just for shits and giggles, try Tony and I'll try Harvey Cartel because I'm going to destroy this. Oh, God. Do, do it for me first. I don't know what you think you do. No, no, no. <laughs> oh. It is no way to <laughs> No, I meant do Soprano. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm a mimic. All right. Okay, I got you. Uh, you know the what is going on with Uncle Junior Johnny Shaq. Spad for business. Especially all through New Jersey. I get the kid once a week. And by the time I get him, they bang. <laughs> <laughs> it's leading in the Pesci. I, yeah, it's I leading like, in the Pesci. I sound like I'm on SpongeBob. Right. <laughs> I'm like a guy who lives on So here's my Harvey Keitel. I'm going to butcher it. I don't know what you think you know. This guy's a really good kid. Is he? <laughs> That's now. Can you show me how it's done, Joe? I don't know what you think you know, but he's a good kid. He got shot in the gut. It's my fault. He got shot in the gut. Larry, <laughs> look at the fucking mouth. I'm yeah. telling you, it's the, it's and the, the face, the, and whole. the scrunch of the face, man. The man you just shot did five years in the federal prison. He could have said my daddy's name and walked, but he didn't. He did his time like a fucking Chris man. Penn. Now you're going to tell me that that guy's going to decide out of the fucking Fuck blue to rip us off? Why don't you tell me what really happened? What oh, the hell for? God. That lump of shit is LAPD. Joe, 
I don't know what you think you know, but you're wrong. He's a good kid. Oh, my God. Larry, stop pointing that gun at my daddy. Oh, my God. The like, note. He's hitting the note perfectly. People, when can you, you imagine being in the next room right now, like with oh, a baby? Dude, <laughs> some of the shit we talk about, I go, dude, if someone walked past the room right now, we would, I was telling him last podcast, uh, when I was on the underground with Damon Wayans, we did a skit where we were, all the cast played, all the guy cast played porno writers. So we, we took popular movies and renamed them, still with the same name, but to sound like a porno. And we took the actors and we renamed them, same name, but more porno. So I, I came up with two movies. One was A Black Bronx Tale, starring Robert Dick Nero and Jizz Palminteri. And the other one was a gay porn called The Gay Tricks. And I took Larry Fishburne's character and called him More Penis. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So, I was thinking of Rock. Ro- so I was, I was saying. Uh, Rocky with Sylvester Stallone. Stabone. Right. So Stabone. at one point, Andy goes, we're talking about the word more penis. And he goes, you know, I, I, I just don't need, I, I don't want more penis. And I just thought, imagine if a, somebody walked past. The I was keeping. Dios mío. Does the face come to you when you're doing it? Did, oh, how I does have it, no how idea do, what I look like. You don't. I feel it. it yeah. just you, you feel it. Like I've never looked in the mirror and because done the impression. Because you said mimic. So, so you're, are you doing in your head? Are you doing the whole thing, voice and face? Or are you just. I'm just feeling what it's like. What it's like. God, right? I wish fucking Barry Katz was famous. It, it's a sin that people don't know. You how wish could I was you? famous? Oh, undeniable, man. <laughs> you know, there's people that break their ass in this business. You remember Nick Swartzen wrote a movie. He came in in one of those backpacks. You know, those backpacks, you put them on your back and you put things in it and you wear them on your back. <laughs> he came in, he was wearing one of those, a backpack. He had, a, yeah, backpack. I got it. <laughs> All right. Calm down, man. Dude, his Chris Penn, Harvey Keitel, fucking, who he just did, Barry Katz, you don't hear his voice. Oh, wow. You don't hear Jay's voice at all. And so many guys that do impressions, I go, especially the guys that hit me up online, go, yo, man, I do impressions. You're my inspiration. What you think? I go, I still, I hear you. I still oh, yeah, hear yeah. you. Yeah. When you lose you and become the note, you got it. You know, when I got sober, you know, step nine is we make direct amends, direct amends to people we've hurt, you know, wherever possible. So I went and I made uh, amends to Barry. We're at a restaurant in Malibu and I go, you know, and if there's any way, uh, I'm, you know, I don't live like that anymore. If I left anything out, I hope you'll tell me. And uh, I hope you'll let me know how I can make it up to you. And he goes, did you bring a checkbook? <laughs> Sit this motherfucker. Jew to the heart, baby. <laughs> he goes, I'm just kidding, man, unless I'm not. I'm just kidding, man, unless I'm not. It's fucking awesome, dude. I got a gig for you. Have you ever flown a Learjet? <laughs> it's in Kung Pao, China. It's in Kung Pao. You ever heard of Kung Pao chicken, boss? We, I remember once I was doing MTV Spring Break. I got to, I have so many cat stories. I love Barry so much. He was a father figure to me. Yeah, like, just my, give you guys context. Barry Katz, at one point, was Dave Chappelle's manager. Jay Moore's manager. Dane? Frank Caliendo, Dane Cook. Oh, on the Boston in New York. On yeah. the comedy club. Comedy club uh, yeah. Very famous. Yeah. And uh, the beak on that nigga, though. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> That's why he's tall, so you don't have to get up close to it. Right. I remember once we had a pitch meeting at like HBO and we were fucking bombing, like just bombing. And we get in the elevator afterwards and he's beat red because he never uses sunscreen. 
and he's got a fucking fingernail that he like chewed and spit out and it was across the bridge of his nose. I'm like, motherfucker, no wonder we were bombing. They're staring at your fucking fingernail face. We were at a strip club in, um, it's like 1990, like MTV Spring Break when I was working right. on MTV and we go to the strip club and he goes, you know, you got to check your messages from the payphone. You got to listen to them and wait them out and hit the button, delete them. Right. And he goes, I'm going to go check my messages, man. He goes, can I get a check, please? So the waitress brings the check and it's on because there's platinum cards on the table and I'm like, and he comes back from the phone. He goes, you ready to go, Papa? <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> you ordered four bottles of champagne when I was on the phone. <laughs> you really did? <laughs> we were at a restaurant during Last Comic Standing. We were filming it. And we go to this Mexican restaurant next door during like between shows. And he goes to the waiter. The waiter speaks no English. Mary goes, do you have any, uh, do you have any salsa that's more mild? And the guy goes, okay, more mild. And he goes, it's a spicy. And he goes, more mild. And he goes, you want a mild? He goes, uh, it's mild. He goes, more mild. And he goes, okay. And Barry just goes, mild. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen him aggressive. He fucking grabbed the guy and pulled him in. Mild. <laughs> so, is, but is he really trying to maintain that? That's real then. Is it really his personality? Is he hiding his real personality? No, that's him. He's the best. He's a, such a fucking original. Like you listen, I love his podcast, Industry Standard. Yeah. I listen to it all the time. I, I've, that's where I like fell, like honestly, like had like this, I knew who he was because I was in comedy, started in comedy. And then I, I yeah. kind of figured out who he was. I'm not really in comedy. I, yeah. I, I orbit around comedy. Not everybody can make it. And, uh, but when I started listening to his podcast, I was like, this dude's incredible. And the way he talks, it sounds almost spiritual without being fake, but I just don't believe it. And then no, he, believe it. That's who he is. It really is who he is. He's wonderful. And he, yeah, he's, I love that fucking guy. I'm going to take a, I want to take a turn with you for a second. <clears throat> Cause something you did and I didn't know that, you know, you went through sobriety, man. Uh, I, I didn't know that you even, I, I don't I feel kind of crazy saying it, but had a problem. Is oh that my fair? God. I was so high all the time. Was it just Adderall. alcohol or? Oh no, I haven't drank since 98. So what, it was pills? Pills, yeah. Vicodin, really? Adderall, and weed all the time. But I did. I would wake up, swallow a 30 milligram Adderall, which is like a, a big dose for the day. What does it do for you? Speed. Pops you up. Oh, yeah. It's like uh, David Allen Greer once said to me, I love Adderall. It's like rich. It's like grown-up cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> let all... Let all the I'm doing Paul Mooney for some reason. It's like grown up cocaine, nigga. You know what it is. Put yeah. that goddamn white girl in your nose. That bitch will turn you out. Damon's got one of my all time favorite bits. When Mike Tyson was going to prison, he goes, "Man, there's some bad motherfuckers in prison, but Mike, Mike's better than all of them. Like Mike could walk up to the baddest motherfucker in prison and go, "I'm gonna fuck you in your ass," and that guy will go, "For how long?" Right, 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 right. <laughs> Dude, I read a his what his, a punchline for how long? Like he stays all tough for how long? I read Mike's <laughs> book, and Mike had a great story he told where he said uh, he was at a club and some dude just was trying to test him, mm. talking crazy shit, loud, braggadocious, rah rah rah. Mike said he just calmly walked up to the dude and said, "Let me talk to you for a second. Went into a room, and when they came out, the dude was apologizing. I don't know what went on in the room, obviously. 
But Mike is calmly as good. She said, let me talk to you. I just saw a clip of Rosie Perez on some show and she said like they're at a club and some guy pulled a gun on somebody's sister and Rosie's like, he's got to get Mike. Get Mike Tyson. That guy's got a gun on whoever. Right. And she goes, Mike, look. And they look down and the guy's got like a fucking gun in the girl's face. And Mike goes, I'll go talk to him. Right. <laughs> right. And he goes down and he goes, nah, come on, man. He just puts right, his hand on right, there and right. stop it. <laughs> right. Stop it. Oh my God. Mike's the best. Listen, man. You met Mike? Uh, yeah, a, a couple times. He knows all, he's like Shakespearean. He knows all of his faults. He knows all of his downfalls. Shakespearean, but with a little bit of insanity. Yeah. Yeah. Don't mean to cut you off, man, but we have to take a break. It's nothing personal. It's just business. But listen, man, I, my thing is this. When you were, before you hit the stage, you just dropped down to your knees and you prayed. Is that something you always did or is that because now you've, no, I, I do it now. I pray when I, going back to sobriety. You got to understand, man, to the people, you're like a different dude now, man. Because I, and I and I told Andy this, look, back in the day, the 90s, we was young, slimmer, trimmer. <laughs> we, we from the East Coast. We, we had some arrogance to us. Oh, yeah. And you was a confident, cocky, arrogant motherfucker, as was I. Yeah. But I'm saying like this new half of you, uh, I, I think it's beautiful, man. Thanks. You're such a softer... But you still got that breaking ball shit in you. But you just, you're, you're much softer now, man. Well, I've been humble, dude. When you write your own intervention, that's pretty fucking humbling. When you, you know, like I say on stage, an intervention's the worst surprise party ever. You know, you walk in, everybody you love is there. You're like, hey, oh no. <laughs> and then you find out at your intervention that everybody at the intervention, each person tried their own intervention going back five years. So for five years, Everyone you know behind the scenes has been trying to have an intervention for you. That shit is fucking humbling. And yeah, so the, my program is big on morning routine. You know, make your bed, make your day. And I heard a guy once say in a, a meeting I went to, he said, every morning I get on my knees and I pray. I get on my knees because it's a humbling position. Uh, and my ego got me into this mess. And I have, to, I have to get to God before my mind gets to me. And I was like, Damn. That shit fucking landed with me. So like, as soon as I wake up, I just, I slide onto the knees and I, there's a couple prayers I say. And just throughout the day, I'm just, I'm fucking grateful, dude. Like I was a prisoner of my addiction. It's all I fucking did. Adderall helped me focus on getting more Adderall, period. So it was 90% Adderall? It was Adderall. Okay, because I don't know why I thought it was drinking. No, I haven't drank in a long time, but then I tried to, like, I took my will back and I tried, like, I just really lied to myself. Like, like I'm an alcoholic, period, but I'm not drinking. So then I got addicted to NyQuil and then I got rid of the NyQuil and then I got addicted to Vicodin and then I got rid of that. Then I got back on Vicodin and then I got rid of that. And then, you know, somas, muscle relaxers and shit and Valiums and Xanax. And then when I discovered Adderall, whoo, that was, that was a wrap. That was game on. Adderall, was it? Was it supposed to do something for you medically? Just makes you fucking let's go. Medically, it's, I lied to get the prescription for, uh, you know, I said like, hey, ADHD. you know, I'm on the road, ADHD. I do these shows. I get up early. I do a radio show. And it's really hard for me to focus. And you just, you know, you find a doctor to go, yeah, sure. Probably use some Adderall. I heard Adderall, you know, you kind of lead the witness. Right. But I also got, I had two drug dealers. One was in... Glendale and the other one was in Hollywood and so not counting the prescription my first year of sobriety I saved $36,000 on Adderall like I did it all the time like 
swallow 30 milligrams, snort 15 milligrams. Take you my crush it up and yeah, Jesus goes right in. How how did how did you feel? Oh, about nice. Hold on, that oh, was just okay. when I woke up. Okay, I would take my son to school. I would come home, snort 15, swallow 30. I would do I don't know fucking whatever we do, answer emails or something, and I would do that pattern throughout the day. So I was, it was astronaut. It took me, it took me about eight days to ha- not have it in my piss. Like that's a lot of fucking stimulants. And at no point scared of just dying. No, I'm not that bright, you know. Yeah, I'm just a knucklehead, but. I kept so many secrets in my addiction. I kept the fact that I really desperately wanted to get well a secret too. So I was kind of relieved at my intervention. Like you're shocked, you're pissed off, you're humiliated. It's fucking humiliating. We all watched the show Intervention. I know how it goes. So like eight minutes in, I blurt out, just so you guys know, I'm going. Because I, you know, you got to read those bottom line letters. Mm-hmm. And I knew if they read the consequence letters, I knew I would die a junkie because I would use at them. Like, oh, you're going to change the locks on me? Oh, you're not going to talk to me anymore? Oh, you're not going to let me see my son? But also, my first addiction was approval. Like, I need you to like me. So the fastest way to get everybody at the intervention looking sad and shaking their heads no to go in and happy again was just to agree to do what they wanted me to do. Like, so it was just that. It was a survival instinct to get people happy again because I wasn't, I've never been around like 15 people really upset with me all at once and I'm just sitting against the wall. It was awful. So you always controlled who liked you at the time. So you, this was- Well, that's what was, we do with our words. Work. That's why I break balls, because I got you right here. It's like the Heisman. How long ago was that? That was March uh, 11th, 2021. In two weeks, I'll have two years. So in your relationship, though, how how did that- would, I, I This might be too personal, because uh, I'm sorry. I'll let you know. Um, was Jeannie at your- uh, She was on my intervention. Okay, that, that's, that's a big- So she's- That's, that's a big- Let me show you my gratitude list from this morning, right here. So, here's the morning routine. I wake up. Move, stupid. Oh. I wake up. You should do that as Colin Quinn. I kind of did. Move, stupid. Move, grape ape. God damn it. (laughs) Grape ape. Jesus. (laughs) I'm grateful for my fiance who has seen me at my worst and still saw the beauty in me and still wants to marry me. Like, I wrote that shit this morning. How that's, could I not be happy all day? No, that's amazing. Like she saw me at my worst, but she saw something in me that I didn't know. Like they say in the, a program I belong to that'll remain anonymous. Listen. They always go, let me, let us love you until you love yourself. And it was like through like really hard work, like working that program and working that program, like you start to go, well, people are just happy when I show up to a meeting and I don't put on a show. Listen, when you've been in the locker room and seen 12 huge big black dicks, nothing is shocking. Mm, now I'm starving. <laughs> Dude, let me tell you something. Wait, what the fuck did that mean? What? What are you talking about big black dicks for? Not, not. Oh! <laughs> well, man, she don't go to the locker room, stupid. I, I know, I'm fucking with you. Um, Jesus. First of all, it's 13. Second of all. <laughs> does it change your, did it change you on stage? Yeah, yeah. Um, it changed inside who I am inside on stage because it was always like breaking the sound barrier. Like mentally it was like, uh, like I wasn't comfortable with the pauses. So everything was kind of quickened and faster together and everything. And I had no patience. Like if there was a heckler, I was like, how about we fight? <laughs> Straight up. I'm like, that sounded like such a drug response. How but no, that's fight? how I've been always. And even right. my sponsor who you met. Right. 
Like when that guy walked on stage, there was a guy last night that just, I told you guys like walked on stage. And at first I thought it was you because he had a Yankee right. hat pulled down. And I'm like, man, it's sad to cry my hand. I'm like, this is kind of early for Aries to be walking up in the middle of my set. And he goes, hey, play Ain't No Love like my love. Play that. And I go, yeah, we're going to play that next, dude. I got you. Play, coming right up. I got you. And he just, like I was a DJ and he went back to his seat. Like he was really fucking whacked out. But like, mm. but in, my sponsor said to me like, I really liked how you handled that, Cowboy Dan. Because mm-hmm. he, you know, like six months ago, I'd be like, how about you suck my dick? How about I, f-? I would right. just, I would go, you know, you just go straight to the thing that's going to make the hands come at you. I used to do a thing and I never, I would call it like pushing the nuclear button. Yeah. I never would want to say this <clears throat> unless I absolutely had to. Because I felt it was the kind of thing that could start a fight where I went, if a girl was out acting out of hand and a dude couldn't get control of her, I would say, hey, control your bitch, nigga, bitch, nigga. So you, you call a man's woman a bitch and yeah. then you call him a bitch, nigga. Yeah. You, you better be prepared for some Chris Rock, Will Smith shit. Yeah, I would, I would say like, how about, how about we fight? Because I fucked your mother in the ass. Right. You know, do you know I fucked? Like, I would just go right Right. Cause yeah, cause and not at a tough guy shit. Fighting's but, fucking scary. I want it over as quickly as possible. But, so but let's, as the let's comic, just, you want to decapitate a motherfucker. Yeah, like I'm fucking working. Yeah. What are you doing? Right. Like people, I hate when people are just chatty. Like you're sitting right fucking there, and you won't shut the fuck up. And they're always in the front, so the people behind them aren't really sure what's happening. happening. And it's just that little Chinese water torture in your ear, and then you snap, <laughs> and the audience's like, "What's wrong with him?" You know that that word <clears throat> Chinese addiction. <laughs> that word addiction. Uh, I feel like for a lot of people, part of the reason why they'll never admit to it is because it's such a label that makes you feel like something is wrong with you. Because I, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I know I'm not an alcoholic, but I think I'm I'm a functioning one. I drink a lot yeah. more than I probably should. But your life, is, but your life isn't unmanageable. But it, but at that point, isn't it still? Even isn't that more dangerous? Because at least it's if at least if it's unmanageable and you crash and burn, you got nowhere to go but up. Right. But if you're functioning, then you just keep in the danger at bay. Well, then stop. You can stop when you want to stop, right? I can't stop, and when I stop, I can't stay stopped. I have a mental obsession. I have a physical allergy that as soon as it touches my lips, my first thought is, "Where's the rest? Where's more?" Where's more? I don't know what one of anything is like. I found two Adderall in my closet at like eight months sobriety. And they just looked like these little faggoty fucking stupid, like two. What the fuck? (laughs) If I snort this, I need a fucking suitcase to back it up because that isn't going to do anything for me. If I take a drink, I don't want a drink. Like I want to get fucked up. And then the next day I wake up and I go, I should never act like that again. And at four o'clock that afternoon, I am fucked up and I keep going. How do you fight that every day? Like, what do you do to totally fight that every day? That list is a good start. Well, (laughs) when you go to rehab, it's like a timeout for adults. It's like you're a little kid. It's like, okay, give me your phone. You can't have that anymore. And you're going to eat when I tell you to eat. You're going to get what you get and you don't get upset. You're going to make your bed or I'm going to, you're going to go in another timeout over here. And if you're really good, I'll give you an ice cream sandwich. At 8 p.m. when we're all watching a movie together where we have to act. Like, I needed that for a month because I was a child. I was a selfish, self-centered, I'm an addict. That's that's how we are. So in that time of just getting out, it's, you know what? 
when people say, when I quit drugs, you could really replace it with when I got out of self. Like when I, when I stopped being so selfish. Like I got friends in my life. I know what's going on in their lives. That was never the case. I didn't give a fuck. Like I know mm. people's birthdays. I know whose kid is sick. I know whose mom's in the hospital. I know her name. You know, I, 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 like, I can sit across from somebody at dinner I haven't seen in eight months and go like, how's your dog June? Like, it's just weird. It's just really just getting out of self. We have to get out of self. We're selfish. And I, a, a hu no human power could relieve my alcoholism. I had to find a power greater than myself. I had to truly, completely be willing and completely dedicated to turning my will and my, my day, my life over to the care of a higher power as I understand it. And that, that's it. But it the, ain't hard. I'll be honest with you. But isn't this- It ain't hard? No. The, the hard part is the fucking intervention and the first 30 days and the 60, but I was also old. I was 50 and I did 23 years of research. I knew I was full of shit. I knew I had a problem. I just kept switching addictions. I was addicted to booze. I quit. Then I got addicted to NyQuil. Bro, I drank two bottles of NyQuil a day. Jesus. I had green piss coming out of my butt. My dick was green. Like it was not, it was just like a little. And this is all for a high. Yeah, just to just to be something. I have a secret. Like just to be off to the side. <clears throat> like how you when you drink, you get buzzed, you're like, fuck yeah, like that good feeling. Right. <clears throat> they say it's it's fun, then it's fun with problems, and then it's just problems. And so by the time my intervention rolled around, it was just fucking problems, dude. It was, I was unhirable. Look at my IMDb. I go from like Forrest Whitaker, Keanu Reeves to talking dog movies. And I ain't even a lead dog. I'm a receptionist at Chewy Vuitton. Well, I'm the shit that the dog shits out. That's, <laughs> no, you, what are you yeah, talking about? My, where I'm at. Oh, but that ain't because of your drinking. Whatever it is. It's probably representation or something. No, nah, it ain't representation. Well, straight up, you are one of you are one of the absolute funniest men I've ever known in my life. Like straight and I said it on stage. And I say to anybody, listen, I told Paul, I told on that movie set. Right. Aries don't fuck around. You come to play and I love it. Thank you, brother. It's my goddamn genius. Yes. a running thing on the podcast. Harry's a goddamn genius. I'll tell you one thing. That Harry Spears, I don't throw the word genius around too much, but Harry's a goddamn genius. <laughs> so now that your ego is removed, <laughs> yeah, I, I know. So, but now that your ego is removed from it, though, how did you get rid of all the people around you that were helping you? Or did you? was this so secret What's you didn't even have those people around? Well, like enablers and shit? Yeah, because- Drug dealers? And yeah, you know, because I watch- They gotta go. But it's so like- I'm, I don't want to use drugs again. Yeah. So the best way for me to never use drugs again Just is never to me. act the way I acted again. Like, I, I never- I'm a fucking morning person, dude. What the fuck? Yeah. I got to bed at like two last night. I was up at seven. I'm, I feel fucking great. I've had a complete- change. No, like, I, you, like I, you said, it's- it works. No, and I love it because there's other people in this industry that I do love, that I have love for. That really, I do love. And I see them that, that oh, they well. can't clear. No, they can't clear those people away from them. And that's the part that I see them when they end up. Yeah, I never liked the a lot of motherfuckers around me. Watch this. Uh, block. They, <laughs> yeah. But I they blocked they, probably they, 50 yeah. numbers. They don't want to block them because they, they still want, I, you still want that life. If I had any other choice, I would have taken it. An yeah. intervention at 50? Like, Everyone you know is just like 
weeping. I found out everybody that visited me was really doing a welfare check on my son. But that didn't get me sober. You say I like my e- I'm egoless now or whatever you just said. You got to remove the ego. It was when Frosty, my agent, told me he wasn't going to put me on the road anymore. I'll do whatever the fuck you say because I don't know. That's, so my ego's legit still. And that's why I can't fuck around and I can't not check every box in sobriety because I got news for you. If I relapse, I ain't fucking walking back in here and going... Uh, I'm JJ. I got six days. Hi, my, JJ. Hi, yeah. Six days, seven days. Like, uh-uh. My ego. We're comics. You're a comic. The pilot light is always on. Mm. We can't make a living unless we are selfish and have an ego. Look at me. Look at me. Look. Don't look at me right now. Look at me this way. Now, look over there. Now, back to me. Good night. Now, go away. I'm going to go back. To, like, that's fucking insane. Yeah, but you, you've you been able to let make other people a priority in your life. Because when you said, I know someone's birthday, I don't know how many times I think about, it's about me. Like, I love, I love, what I love about comedy is that I have this and you have to listen to me and it's just about me. Mm-hmm. And that's really all it is to me. Yeah, I didn't get enough attention as a fucking kid. So that's why I'm doing this. But to, but to be able to put yourself in a position where you're a real human to other people is is what, what part of removing of the ego, I think, a little bit. What's the question, though? Because I like what you're saying. Uh, the question is, 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 is <laughs> when you experience this revelation that you could be a human to other people, uh, uh, how, how long was it before you able? Because you still have to balance the need of being a comic, the need of that attention. Well, I, I didn't do it. I didn't do a show for six months. Oh, okay. So you had to just back away from everything. This, I heard a guy say, like, if if being great at sobriety is all I do for the rest of my life, I've become okay with that. And I'm like, okay, bet. So you wouldn't come back when you got so well, I was unhirable. People didn't trust. I piss test for 18 months, like random piss tests. And then what happens is you, you start identifying your ego because then I start going, the fuck really motherfucker it's been a year you still want me to piss oh ego that's ego yeah because but you need that time out and you need that routine and you need to be selfless and act but look i'm a validation addict so by doing everything my sponsor suggested he tells me boy." so i start getting validation for doing shit that's good for me like i go to a meeting early and i set up the fucking chairs not because, like, this will help me get sober. I want that motherfucker that breaks my balls about this shit to show up with one of his old-timer friends and go, there goes the best sponsee I ever had. I did it out of spite. I'd go to a meeting five minutes early. My sponsor's across the room. You're late! And I'm like, this motherfucker. First of all, it's five up. He goes, you got to be here 15 minutes early. So you know what I do the next meeting that I know he's going to be at? I'm a half hour early just to shove his fucking nose in it. And you know what happens? Because I'm a half hour early. I made friends. I made fucking friends. <laughs> and I took a commitment. And somebody asked me to sponsor them. So I fucking showed him for being early. It's all ego. But it's ego for the betterment of a bigger thing than me. That, 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 that makes more sense. And then what happens is you're doing all those things. To get other guys' approval, you're just, you slowly redoing the grooves on that record that played a selfish song to play a selfless song. And what happened, the more I tried to have other people like me the right way, I started liking me. I started liking the way I rolled. I actually, I fucking dig who I am. Like, like, come on. This is the best. 
What's we're in fucking Denver. We're a mile high. Me and Aries need a fucking nap. <laughs> like we both tried to get out of this. I'm sure you fucking had thoughts about getting out of this fucking podcast. I'm coming back from breakfast and I'm like, oh, just tell him. Tell him you fucking got to save your voice. He'll understand. Dude, let me tell you something. And then something. I'm like, no, I like hanging with no, Aries. No, no, but let me tell you, there was a part of me that went, no, no, I'm being honest. I, I went, Fuck, I gotta get in the fucking Uber, drive 30 fucking minutes, I'm paying for it. Then I gotta go back 30 minutes, I'm paying for that. Like, oh, I'm in bed, I'm naked, I'm watching Armageddon. Like, I don't wanna fucking, like, come on, you know. But but I'm also going, as I say, this is like fucking pickup ball, you know? Yeah. Oh, birds playing? <laughs> All right, let me throw on my shorts, nigga, and get in this so we can do this. And it's like, I would have canceled before I was sober. I would have okay. been like, I don't know, man. It's not, I don't need to do that. No, where, I, got, where, this, I where, got this thing. I would have come up with some fucking, but like, this is my dude, man. We're in the mile high and we ain't high. Right. Yeah. But we're all, we're, we, we, in all honesty, before the podcast started, he's setting up, me and Ari sitting here. <laughs> oh, oh, fucking shit. Stretching our hammies and shit. <laughs> fucking mm, cracking our necks. God, are you tired? Yeah, we're both got our fucking bellies touching. You know, but we it, both holding it in. But you know what's great, though, is this is the purity and the love for the game. Once you get in it, it's like, fuck, we're in it now. But the love for and each other. Like, that too, but my man, dude. It's flowing, man. When did you guys first connect? Well, let me let me let me yeah. real quick, and this is a what, a testament again to Jay's uh, metamorphosis. I remember uh, I was listening. I look like I, Tony Saragusa sitting like this. What the? <laughs> f That's better. When I, whenever I would want to kill time on the road, for me there was nothing better than being in my hotel room listening to Patrice on Opie and Anthony. Just just a gazillion hours of comedy. <laughs> me too. And I remember Jay was being interviewed by Opie and Anthony, and they were talking about Jay's impressions. And at one point, Patrice said, yo, you know who's pretty good, man? That kid, Ari Spears, man, from Mad TV. And Jay went, him? <laughs> what does he do? Like Shaq? <laughs> I could do that in my sleep. And I went, this motherfucker, this cocky motherfucker. But that was Jay back then. Yeah, that wasn't cool. That, that's why I'm saying when I met him on the plane and he was, he approached me. Like, yo, what's up, brother? We both in first class. We shook hands. He gave me the number. I was like, who is this nigga? It was a different Jay. You know what? It, what's weird is I never felt that way about you, really. It's it's just, it's a numbers game. When you're addicted to approval, what's what's the greater, like, I like what's the greater approval net rating? You know, I wanted to ask you, man. <clears throat> so, hey, yes. I'm sorry I said that. That wasn't cool. Hey, listen, man. I, hey, listen, I've, I've said and maybe continue to say shit I shouldn't say, which is yeah, why yeah. my... I'm the shit that comes out of the dog's ass and my career is where it is. Um, but, you know, I, I get it, man. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect in, as far as that goes. I, it just threw me because I went, I never had a problem with Jay. Yeah, it's Why weird. you shit on me like that? And I'm a guy that's always walking around going, what the fuck? I never had a problem with that when somebody would say some right. shit about me. But now I understand it. Like, you're just... Just played a room, but if I if that same situation, I would never say that because this is my fucking guy. You know that now, right? Yes, absolutely, oh, yeah, yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah. I'm fucking quit crying. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you pick your features. Do you, do you pick who? Aries is like the crying Indian from the litter commercial. I can't get over that. <laughs> I just can't. Go no, over I don't it. pick my features. You know, sometimes my boy Greg Baldwin will come out with me, but I don't want to be in that business because 
I've lost a lot of friends opening for me. Let me ask you straight up, because I remember I saw this documentary that, uh, what's her name? Bonnie McFarlane made. What's her husband's name? Rich Voss. Rich yeah. Voss. Shut up, stupid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> are women funny? And I, Patrice, he's the first clip. And he goes, no, they're not funny. Um, and I, we've, we've talked about this. And the reason why I bring this up is because there was a chick. I ain't going to say her name. I don't even remember her name. But there was a chick that opened for you uh, on Thursday. Black chick. Oh, yeah, I just met her that night. And Andy, you know, did some abortion jokes. And she says to him, I was just something about when men should never talk about abortions. Like her joke, his joke had her cringy. And I, she cleaned herself up because I asked, I said, so you don't think any man should tell an abortion joke? Because are you speaking like a comic or a woman? Because if you're a comic to your heart and that badge is real, you shouldn't be bothered by anything. Right. And then at first she cleaned it up and eventually said, no, nah, you know, as long as it's funny, it goes. But she was bothered. And to Patrice's point, I've always said, of course, women are funny. Yeah, Some yeah. of the greatest, Carol Burnett, Joan Rivers, uh, Sherry Shepard, like Whoopi Sherry. Goldberg. Yes. Whoopi's the queen. I just go, men were so immature that we put our immaturity before anything. Yeah. And we have a kid's like spirit. So anything is funny to us all the time. Where sometimes I think with women, they become women, mothers, nurturers, wives. So sometimes woman gets in the way of funny. Maybe. You think that's all off base? No, I can see that point of view. Yeah, I, mean, I would never say a woman's not funny. No, I know you think women are funny. We're not even talking about that. Like the queens of comedy is fucking bananas. Right. <laughs> Samoa's a beast. Yeah. And uh, Cheryl Underwood, that's who I love. Yeah. She's, she's come on stage and go, I brought my person on stage. There's white people here. <laughs> <laughs> she was You gotta get you a Sylvester Stella. <laughs> I, I used to do press and she was the nicest nicest comic ever to me. I you know what she does? Me. She takes care of her sister. Her sister was special and she's traded in her fucking career. The first part of her career was a no-go because she had to get home and take care of her special needs sister. Like that's and people don't know that about Kat. Cat Williams? Yeah, he raises the, like he adopted like crack babies. Really? Oh, yeah. He's got like eight kids. Then how did he become one? <laughs> That's how you know, goddammit. I fucking love Cat Williams. God. Much love to Cat. Jokes, nigga. Fuck you, Cat. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Cat Williams. <laughs> he might approach me. Who, Cat? Yeah. Cat's the fuck. If Cat don't know he's the fuck one of the goats, he should have his head exactly. No, he is. You know, I was Don't you enjoy jack. climbing trees? No, motherfucker. I'm an adult. <laughs> he, he was the only... He did that shit about Michael Jackson to an all-black audience, and they were not with him on his <clears throat> special. Do you remember that no. shit? Oh, when he had to, like, fucking... Yeah. I will say this, Cat. That hair was fucking whack. He had, like, the, the Jacqueline Smith... Charlie's Angels hair that came down and kicked out. He's wearing a little green suit. Right. And he goes, Michael Jackson, fuck this nigga sniffing little boy's booty holes, goddammit. Cat mm. would go like, this motherfuckers, don't you like to climb trees? Right. No, motherfucker, I'm an adult. Right. And he just went this whole thing. He goes, he goes, I don't like cocoa butter. I don't like silk pillowcases, but the bitches I fuck do. What's I, in his, I, don't what's like, in his, I don't like Elize, but the bitches do. And what's in his right. front yard? A motherfucking Ferris wheel. Right, right. And the crowd was like, eh. and then he just shifts gears. He goes, Whitney Houston is a fucking crackhead. 
And the crowd goes, yay! Like he let them right. off the hook. He goes, if somebody says something about you for 10 years, goddammit, it's true. Whitney Houston smoked crack until her kneecaps fell off. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> and then he like won them back. Like right. they were, it was like Charlotte Coliseum. I mean, but that's, that's what, that's what the great ones do, man. It was like, but it was like a Coliseum, dude. Right. And they were just like, mm, Whitney Houston smoked so much crack, her kneecaps fell off. How much will you work in the silence? How will you stay in the silence for the, for the, for the fun of it for yourself? Or do you need the laughter? The sidelines. The, s- silence. the silence. Silence. Will you work in it? Will you, will you let a crowd, will you like, oh, that's, you, that's the power. Yeah, but will you when work it? Com- will you stay in it? Yeah, dude. That's, that's I, you juice. know that that's, that's that's what I'm trying to master because you know Patrice used to talk about being in that uncomfortable space and not caring if people don't laugh. And sometimes if if I get a little bit too long of a silence, I start to panic, man. Yeah, you know I've learned when they're really quiet, I don't get freaked out anymore because they trust that I'm going to deliver. But so then the job is not to make it self-indulgent and just let it like suit the story I'm telling. And then build. Yeah. But the, my act now about rehab, my intervention, the thing about couples and the thing about my two sons, like there's not, there's no like moment like that. But I tell stories about my mom's Alzheimer's and stuff like that where it gets, it gets quiet. Like, it but gets, do you find, you deliver though, right? Oh yeah. That? That's the job. It's a service right. industry. Right. But I, the silence is when you got power. If you can get people leaning toward you to listen, that's power. You know, I don't know if you saw <clears throat> Dion Cole's latest comedy special. <laughs> yeah. You saw it? Yeah. That thing he did at the end where he talked about, you know, you know, comics, boxer get hit. That's part of the job. But show these comics some love, man. Because while we out here doing all of this shit, there's motherfuckers whose whole world is collapsing. And we have to put all of that shit aside to entertain you motherfuckers. And dude, that, that almost choked me up, man, because I'm just like, there's certain times when I, you, you get on stage knowing you're going through what you're going through in your personal life, and you just don't want to be there. Yeah. And you can't let the audience see that you just don't want to be there. You yeah. can't phone it in. Yeah, I, was, I remember Greg Fitzsimmons once said to me, he goes, we got to be perfect. Like, we have to be perfect for an hour. And if at 53 minutes you fuck up a sentence, the crowd goes, ha <laughs> Stupid ass fucked up. His- right. It's like, bro, I just sweat my dick off for 53 minutes. Right. It's like, why? And he's right. Like, but it's it's a weird job, dude. People buy a ticket to feel fantastic. And that's what we deliver. Like, what a crazy way to make a living. Also, what makes it crazy is our entire existence is subjective. Yes. We don't fix a pipe and we all agree the pipe is fixed. There's somebody on the side going, I don't, it's, you know, did you really, I don't think you fixed the pipe. Right. It's like everything we present, we only say it because we know it's fucking great. Like when we say it aloud on stage, it's because we went, no, that's got to get in the act. It's great. And then when you get like 15 people over here going, next, you're like, oof, right. motherfucker. Right. Like the only reason I brought this up is because I know it's great. Like when you tell a story, if something funny happens to you and somebody goes, tell, tell them what happened today at CVS, you don't go, let me go to another party down the street and try it out. <laughs> You're excited to tell, tell it. it. And then when somebody at the party, like everyone goes, eh, nobody at the party goes like, yeah, I don't like that story. That's not a really funny story. They just go and they go on with their life. But in comedy, they, it's like thumbs up, thumbs down. It's fucking a crazy ma- way to make a living. Of course, I'm a drug addict. 
<laughs> then you sit alone in a room for 22 hours. Right. Like, oh, man. You know, that, that's, and for me, that's the hardest part. It's like, even when I can go home and go, okay, I'm home for this many days. <clears throat> I'm not going to drink. But then you get on the road and this is what we do in the room for all day. Yeah. So the one final chance I, I have to get out is to perform the adrenaline rush. And now I'm going to go back to my room and read chapters from the Bible. Like, I'm on a high. I'm, yeah. I'm, I've been in my room all day. I'm out. My nighttime is my daytime. Yeah, yeah. And then so if I go hang out somewhere, you know, have a drink. Yeah. Unwind. Bring the adrenaline down. So the or, road... Or in my case, it was keep the adrenaline up. Like, okay. let's go. And that's what I used to do. I'd, I'd be on stage and I'm thinking like, what am I going to do after this? What's happening? Like, the whole act was like, right? Wink. Like, you know, right, guys? You know, when you're out and you just mentioned bars around town, like you just vibe it out. Like it was, it's too exhausting. It's a young man's game, Eric. <laughs> it's a young man's game. One show a night and, and a private jet. I think you really know. Oh, that's, you know, that's that in, out, go home, go to the family, kiss your wife, hug your kids. That's what it's about. That's, that's for me is what I, it's gearing towards. Cause I just, I'm, I'm like, dude, listen, I love on stage. I even like being out of town, depending on where I'm at. But that airport shit. Yeah. Up in the four in the morning for a 6 a.m. flight. Yeah. Up depress. I like that David Spade, early show Friday, early show Saturday, in, out, be done. I yeah, think that's amazing. Yeah, like you do a show, the first show, it's sold out. Everyone's dressed up. They got a couple drinks in them. They love you. You get a standing ovation. Yeah, you come off stage, you wait an hour. Now there's half the people, they're really fucking drunk. They're wearing flip-flops and shorts and hats. <laughs> and they're not really that into it because it's late. Now go do it again. It's like, that doesn't seem fair. Right. Let me ask you this. When you're at home, do you have an urge to do stand-up when you're off the road? Not, not like I used to. I don't at all. I don't at all now. Out and sight, and Andy always gives me shit and goes, man, you need to go to the store. You need to go to the store. Jamie Masada would go, Harry's, you're too much road comic. You can't be famous. You're road comic. You got to perform here. And I just, when I get home, dude, yeah. I'm just, that's it. I, somebody this morning was asking me that. And I said, well, when you leave work and go home, are you anxious to get back to work? And she goes, no. I go, yeah. But I, do you, but you, I you, yeah, you, you view comedy as what you do. You view this as work. It's my Because we're all supposed to go, it ain't work when it's fun. No, but the travel makes it work. The travel, yeah. yeah. The travel makes it work. But it really is a pain in the ass. But when he was coming Thursday to see your show, that him being around it, he's addicted to that. Like, yeah, like, yeah. like, like, yeah. like he, he was saying, uh, and you even asked me, you want to go up? He, he said, you're going to go up? And I said, no, nah, this is Jay's shit. I, 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 I know. But then when I got there and I'm seeing the people come in, and I'm hearing the rumblings. I'm going, I'm, I'm about to hit this heavy bag a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah, it just, you know, love for the game, man. Hitters hit. He, he, does, do. he doesn't even know this, but but on uh, for last night, yeah. uh, on the show last night, and you know it, but you don't, I don't even think you realized it. When you went to hit stage Friday night, that, for, that, that show, you came at me like you were so, because you didn't get to perform the full set. You didn't get right. to do your... And he he walked by. I could tell he wanted me off stage. I could tell he wanted me off the fuck. He didn't want me to do my full set. He wanted to get on that stage. And when he came up, he usually like daps me up or something. He came up just full bull, just. And as soon as he got up there, I just started laughing. I was laughing from the time I walked off the stage till I got to the back because yeah. I knew what he was going to do. Yeah, I feel that I, I want all my openers off stage. 
<laughs> no matter how funny they are, I'm like, what am I doing? I'm sitting in a room while you do right. comedy? Right. Yeah. I, I got in trouble. with. I him. hate. I got in trouble with this man already. No. Uh, I, I, I went over a minute. And I didn't even go over a minute, but he thought Here's I did. Here's what happened. I thought there was a timer. Some clubs have a timer that only you can see from the stage. The counts down. And he was going to do seven minutes. And I look up. It says 801. And I'm like, aha! And I break his balls mercilessly. Like you went over a minute and one second. It was a clock. It was 801 at night. (laughs) And I'm on stage and I'm like, why won't they reset the clock? It still says 801. That's weird. I wonder if they're, and then I'm like four minutes into my set. It's still, then it says 805. And I'm like, oh, sorry. I didn't even know if you went over. I, I don't really. I, I I might have, but I mean, I, I was pretty close. I was pretty close. You didn't even listen. You listened to what? No, I, look, I, and I I don't blame you for not listening. I did go out. No, he did. I was with him. And I told you, he said he listened. He heard you get a laugh. He went, all right, I, I'm good. It's, I said, it's like double Dutch. I go, click, 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 click. I go, yeah, he's coming. Okay. All right. But I don't sit in there in a seat. No, like, the only one I know who does that is, is Atel. Atel will watch he his He loves open. the game, dude. He loves to study. He's, and he's making him laugh fun too. He's a tough one, dude. He's honestly, uh, he's that love hate relationship that I have. Like I, he, like I, he's we're the same age. I look at him like my dad of comedy, and that's a horrible thing for him to even hear because then he hates. Well, you. he's in my phone as grandpa. Is he? But yeah. he hates you when you're a fan of him. He hates that he want. I, I don't. It's just there's there's this thing with him that is just odd. I love when he goes. I don't like to travel. I think it's because my dad used to beat me with a globe. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? All right, I'm gonna tell you in a tell bit. You tell me this isn't brilliant. He goes, I'm having chick, uh, <laughs> I'm having sex with this girl, doggy style. I didn't plan it that way. That's just how she passed out. <laughs> and I'm fucking her, and she starts yelling out fictional characters while we're fucking. She goes, Give it to me, Papa Smurf. Fuck me, Chewbacca. And I'm thinking, Is she crazy? Like it says on her bracelet? Or is she just looking at my sheets? <laughs> <laughs> There's so many tears There's of what's so fuck? many levels into that. Is little she bit. crazy? Like it says on her bracelet. I, I and I've seen subjective, it. Subjective, baby. That's fine. Yeah, I love the real dude. quick before we let you go, man. Please tell that story you told on more sports. Not was it your podcast was called More Stories? More stories. More stories about how Tracy Morgan got out of a check. See, that wasn't my story. That was Bert's story. It's glad this came up. And I, I, oh. I reached out to Bert to make amends to him. Bert had that story. And then he told me, he, I go, you ha- we were at the Irvine Improv. And I go, you have to tell that on stage. It's ridiculous. Mm. And he goes, I don't do a Tracy impression. You do it. I go, it's your story. And he goes, do it, do it. I go, all right, I'll do it. So I did it. I go, and I told the story as, right. as it happened to <clears> Bert. <throat> and then the second show, he goes, do it again because I'm going to leave like five minutes into your act. I'm going home. So then I did it again. And then we went on the road and I did it again. And then when he wasn't around, I did it again. And then as time went on, I changed it that it happened to me and not Bert. Wow, I didn't, okay. Yeah, and that's, me and Bert haven't spoken in years because of what, that. What, he was mad at you? Yeah, he brought it up on Rogan's podcast. But didn't he tell you to tell it? Originally, but then I took it too far, which is how I acted my whole life. Well, I don't understand that, though. He gave you the green light, but so how could you take it too far? That He said, you tell it. Right, but then I was telling it like it happened to me. He changed that still it. don't make sense. No, to he me. changed it so that the, the story. So well, you were supposed to say, "Hey, this is a Burt Kreischer story that I'm gonna tell." He didn't say I tell it and fucking close with it in your career. 
Oh, and have people like Aries 10 years after the fact go, tell that story you tell, because that's his story. Oh, I'm learning for the first time. Right. So he he was on Rogan's podcast when he used to live stream, when it was like brand new, the live stream and shit. And I watched him and Rogan talk about it. And Rogan goes, but that didn't happen to you. That happened to you. That didn't happen to him. That happened to you. That's stealing. And Bert goes, and I was fucking insane. Like, you motherfucker, you're not going to defend your boy, blah, 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 blah. Obviously, that shit affected him. Otherwise, he would have said, like, no, 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 no. But oh, look, this is recovery. All I can be accountable for is my part in it, and I betrayed his trust. That's just a fact. But that shit affected me to this day financially. Like, if I post something on Instagram, the comments will be like, whose is that? And I know it's, like, from that crew. But I re- I reached out to him, and... Did he, did no one... Did he accept your? I'm not. Call, I'm not going to talk about okay, it. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't. But I apologize because I I know the rules. By well, he the brought way. it up. But I but I do know the rules on the uh, on what we're supposed to. Do. Yeah, I mean that's that's between him and me and God or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it says in the big book, like you know, you might try to make an amends to your boss. You might get thrown out of his office, but you've made your demonstration. You've done yeah, your part. Right. Got, it has to be water under the bridge because we crawl before no one. We can walk into any room. The whole point of making amends is. When you're an addict, like you walk into a room or a club or something and you see that one person and you're like, oh, fuck. I don't feel that way ever anymore. That's the whole process is getting free. From, yeah. Because I can get closer to my higher power. That shit's blocking me off from the sunlight of the spirit, dude. No, it, it makes perfect sense. And you know what? That was one I didn't want to make. I'm like, man, fuck that. Fuck that. Fuck that. And then I'm like, I'm still thinking about this shit. And then I brought it up to my sponsor. He goes, I go, what if you did it before your addiction? He goes, oh, those are the best ones, dude. I'm like, fuck. Love you, brother. We're going to end on that? Well, I mean, you know, I, you know, I know you said you wanted to Thanks, man. do a tight hour. We did an hour 20. Oh, man, that shit flew by. That's Look what I'm telling you, man. Are. That's how the fucking pickup game go. You know? Dude, I got to say, man. Uh, I got to show you real my Real quick, shoulders. how often you do crowd work? I don't. I hate it. You don't do crowd work? I get really uncomfortable. Okay, see, this is what I was talking about, folks. He's one of the quarterbacks. He's one of the great quarterbacks that stay in the pocket. I use this football analogy. You're great I, at crowd work. Well, I was. I got this football analogy when I go, listen, crowd work to me is like being a quarterback that leaves the pocket. You don't have to leave the pocket to be a great quarterback, no, a la yeah. fucking Brett Favre, but I love to Michael Vickett. If you yeah. can stay no, in the I pocket mean, and do your I'm, material I'm a, and then do crowd work, Yes, man. I'm a cigar store Indian in there. Fucking, <laughs> I'm like Peyton Manning, just stiff. Right. Because you know what? If I do crowd work, I lose control. I'm really? Gi- I'm giving them the opportunity to say shit back. And I could have swore you did crowd work Thursday. No. No. Holy shit. That's why when they start piping up, I'm like, I didn't open up this fucking request line. Like if you do, also if you do crowd work, you give them the, they have the green light to say shit. And I don't, I don't like, I don't like the variables. Not are you, are you, are you, you're not good at shooting people down? Shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I would think you wouldn't even be worried about it. But that's not why they came. And I feel bad sometimes. Like if I just fuck with somebody, I'm like, oh, it doesn't say like Jay Moore versus Denver. (laughs) 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 I love that. That's great. You know, that's, no. All right. Like, but, but, I'm going to do a monologue. You guys are going to sit there and be quiet. Listen, like, I, my, my intent is to always stay to the playbook. But if, you know, somebody, if, there's a, if there's an audible, I got to be 
oh, if there's an audible, it's on. Yeah, like right. you can earn it. You can earn a beating. Right. <laughs> you know, like if you're fucking talking to me, I'll like, look, motherfucker. Right. Come on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that then don't like, make you that don't make your dick hard. Oh yeah. Okay. But only because like I'm writing a wrong in my head. It happened organically. They deserve yeah, it. Yeah, but I can't just go like, hey, look at this guy. <laughs> it just seems shitty to me right like look at this fucking guy right here yeah I, I, I yeah I get shitty sometimes it's like you're fucking great at it dude cause you know when you do it there's no angst when you do it you're so relaxed when you do it you're just kind of like okay and like when I do it I'm like <laughs> like I can't wait to get it out and right. I'm like then I want it to be over real quick cause I don't want them to get me and that right. comes from being the smallest kid on the block right, growing up right, right. you know uh, so I'm just like, if somebody heckles, yeah, I'll fucking put a wounded dog down. They don't even know it. I'm like, nah, you're fucking with the wrong guy. <laughs> Jay, love you, man. Where are you next? We are in... Uh, Liberty C Funny Bone. Cincinnati. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I never played that. I don't think... No, I, I like Liberty Cincinnati, City. dude. It's not in Cincinnati, though. Uh, it's, it's Liberty. Liberty Town. Cincinnati, Jason. Yeah. Ohio River. Yeah. Don't need any of the fish out of that river. Oh, Cleveland? Jesus. Grow a tail. Oh, I'm just there for the chili. boy. What's your favorite city? Denver. Really? It's insane here. Okay. I mean, for co for the Comedy. audience? Yeah. Denver, yeah. Nice. La Jolla's fun. Brea. What's your what, what's worst city that you just... Louisville, and they closed the club. There's a new club in Louisville, though, now. Yeah, I won't be there. I was. I remember I did stand up in Louisville. There was a free Tony, Tony, Tony concert in the street outside the club, and I'm like, "Really? <laughs> like, really? Right? Like, I, it's hard enough to fucking sell tickets. Now there's a free fucking concert. You could have taken on two Tonys, but three Tonys. That's I'll a fuck up two Tonys. <laughs> T O N E is my. I'll well, you want to fuck up the main Tony? <laughs> yeah. I want to fuck with the main Tony. Well, Won't even fucking gonna... see it coming. It'll be more one of my guys. I don't know if you know this, but you know. We're out of time here. Jesus. <laughs> anyway, we have to get Andrew back to the comedy club before he turns into a Jewish pumpkin. <laughs> Jay Moore, y'all. Uh, you, you care about giving out your socials or anything like that? Jay Moore 37, Instagram. I deleted Twitter. Did you? Yeah, like fucking. I got kicked off. Good. Fuck yeah. Twitter. Yeah, fuck Twitter. Like people are like, you fucking suck. Blah, blah. It's like, yeah, it took, see, but it took me 20 years to go. Why am I allowing this in my life? Dude, people, I'm, people I'm, should not have a direct line to you. I, Patrice, the greatest thing ever, he goes, uh, celebrities, we should be, the audience should not have access to us like this. No. Not to you say we're meet, better, but, you know, we're better. Do you do meet and greets? I do because I sell merch. Yeah, I don't. You just do your shit and say, fuck you don't. You don't get the rest. You go out there, everybody's drunk. They talk too close to you. They're like, my brother has a mustache. You should do a joke about it. <laughs> like, you ready to do it again? You're like, I didn't even take a piss. Yeah. Like, See, I'm, I'm a... cut different in that way. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. No, no, I, there was a time I didn't mind it either, but it's like, I'm old, dude. I'm 52. I get fucking tired. Well, I'll be 48 in April, so maybe I'm going to yeah, find out real soon. But I'm still strong. But you're still slinging dick. Come on. Hey, man, I'm about to hang my balls in the rafter, man. This, I'm retiring, man. Yeah, you ain't I'm lying. retiring, man. It, it just, it's just not worth it. You know, chasing skirts and, you know. Oh. I'm so happy I'm not single. Ugh. What a fucking energy Dude, let dump. me tell you, I, you know, I always said that yes, there's pros and cons to single versus not. But I'm really at that point right now. And I fucked up so bad with my last. 
You know, the one where you yeah. said, that's the blackest shit I've ever heard. Talk so I'm, I'm about to marry the same bitch for a third time. But this time I'm ready. I'm fucking ready. I'm, I'm, I can't do this no more, man. This single shit is, is, is whack. It's like that terror, like, do I put my hand on her ass? Is she going to react weird? Oh. And then like, is she going to be offended that I'm offering a 300 to suck my dick? Is she going to lift up her butt when I go to pull her panties down? <sighs> and then like, oh. and then is, is she going to leave? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that don't sound fun at all like you guys leave here I'm gonna take a nap yes you know what I did yesterday I took a 45 minute on my right, uh, nap on my right side I got up I took a piss and then I took 45 minutes on my left side <laughs> just even that shit out there you go man fucking cowboy knocks on the door at 6.30 come on dude <sighs> the best I love you Aries Andy, I love you brother I like you dude no I love you man I'll take I don't even like fucking with you anymore cause you're just a great dude now I'm. I, you know what? I I love Shut watching up, you guys. But I want to tell you, you you <laughs> did say this. And before we go, I just want Aries to remind say this. Okay, look at you said this thing to me about a sniper and how you have to do comedy. And it's and we still talk. We talk sniper about analogy. This, we talk about it on this podcast still because he gives me shit about sometimes. And and watch. Don't it. think, motherfucker. Just say it. Pull yeah, the trigger. Pull the trigger. Don't hesitate. When you're overthinking the target. And I wanted away. to thank you for that because sure, it's, it's, it's been beneficial. All right. I love you, boys. All right, y'all. See y'all tomorrow. Emails. All right, guys, this is where we're at. While you're listening to it this week, we're going to be uh, that weekend at uh, Cincinnati Funny Bone in Liberty Township, Ohio. That's March 3rd and 4th, followed by March 10th through the 11th. We'll be at the Funny Bone in Syracuse, New York. March 17th through the 18th, we're at Funny Bone in Omaha. March 24th to the 26th, we're going to be at Miami Improv. It's actually in Doral, Florida, but we're going to be out there. March 30th through April 2nd, we're going to be at LOL in San Antonio, Texas. April 6th through the 8th, we're going to be at the Funny Bone in Columbus, Ohio. April 27th through the 30th, we're going to be at Improv in Arlington, Texas. May 5th through the 7th, Improv in Cleveland, Ohio. May 25th through the 28th, we're going to be at Helium in Portland, Oregon. Guys, uh, catch us at one of those dates. Big shout out to Jay Moore for doing the podcast. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for listening to the Spears and Steinberg podcast. If you'd like to know who's responsible for this shit, well, it was hosted by Aries Spears and Andy Steinberg, produced by Steve Merrick and Anthony Holmes, executive producer, Big Papa, Robert Kelly, and Matt Kleinschmidt for the Laugh Button Podcast. For more information on where to find us on the internet, visit www.spearsbergpod.com. You don't like to do it face to face? I don't I don't like that way. I don't like to see the face. Nina. Nope. <laughs> That's crazy. Look! You can get a doggy style, you can get a ling on your side. Those are your only choices. This is my house and I get to say. Got it?